Front office talks, trades, what the Pacers did at the deadline. Buddy healed out, Doug McDermott in, picks being moved around, players being waived. We heard from Chad Buchanan about it. We heard from some players about it. There's a lot to discuss there, especially after, my lordy, did the Pacers stink against the Warriors. We're talking about it all today on the Locked On Pacers podcast. You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What up, y'all? Happy Friday, and welcome into another edition of the Lecton Pacers podcast, where we, of course, talk about the Indiana Pacers, as always. My name's Tony East. I cover the team for Forbes and SI, and today, more trade chatter. If you're looking for instant trade reactions, like immediately, I have a short one on the Buddy Healed trade from yesterday, and then a little longer one talking about everything with my opinions. If you're looking for Warriors recap and more trade stuff because the front office spoke to us uh, after the Warriors game last night, uh, we got to talk to Tyrese Halbert, Miles Turner, I talked to TJ McConnell before the game. You're in the right place because now there's a lot more to dissect. Trades are official. Most moves are finalized. I don't think the Furkan Korkmaz waiver has been made official yet. I suppose why if you don't have to, but uh, they certainly talked that it's going to happen. So lots to dissect from what Chad Buchanan said to us after the game, the game itself, Doug McDermott, many things about the Pacers, where they are, their reality now after trading away Buddy Heald and getting Doug McDermott. Look, the thesis of this, this is fascinating to me. Not that I think this is bad. I just think this is fascinating. Is Chad Buchanan continuing to stress what the Pacers stressed before the season? The long-term approach of the franchise with their current roster build and their current aspirations to be as good as possible, right? And I talked about this some at the time that happened and some throughout the season. The The key thing for the Pacers is in, in all their decision-making, not all, but most of their decision-making going forward is Tyrese Halliburton, super-duper star is under contract with the Pacers for five seasons after this season. That is beyond rare in the NBA. That they don't, You're never guaranteed a player for infinite time. But that is a long time in the NBA. And so taking your time, building right, making sure you have all the pieces in place, always has made sense for the Pacers, right? I've talked about that on this show. But two and a half weeks ago, they traded three first-round picks, Bruce Brown, Jordan Wara for Pascal Siakam. That can be a long-term move, especially if they re-sign him. It maybe is. But it also suggests some acceleration. You are trying to win now. Some of that is based on the reality that Tyrese Halberton is better now, way better than he was last year. And your team is better and some other young guys improved. Some of that is opportunistic because Pascal Siakam actually has to be available to get him on your team. But it's been very interesting to kind of, and I wondered this heading into the deadline, how would the Pacers balance that, right? They, I wrote this in Forbes, if you want to read my pre-deadline thoughts on this. Like, how do they balance what they are saying they would like to do, what their contract situation suggests they should do, with also something that they just did that isn't the opposite of what they've been saying, but just kind of suggests more accelerator than we heard before the season. And that led to a trade deadline of trading away Buddy Heald for picks that were some of them were rerouted uh and acquiring Doug McDermott and in the end they netted uh two draft picks along with Doug McDermott uh for all of their moves they made throughout the day and a roster spot we'll see what ends up happening with that flexibility but how does that like how does that all marry together that's kind of what I 
wanted to hear from the front office just to kind of understand, right? And Chad Buchanan, one of the first things he said was, we're always trying to look long-term with this team, building this thing step by step. And so that consistent messaging, it hits right there, right? If if they are trading Buddy Heald, and they, he acknowledged this, I'll get to in a second, they are ad, not admitting, they are getting a little worse this season. They just are, right? And I know a lot of fans don't think very highly of Buddy Heald anymore and think this could be addition by subtraction. And I said... On that 20-minute podcast yesterday, maybe that's the case. That That is certainly possible that that is reality, right? Maybe they just get a little better right away. But clearly, the Sixers think he's positive value, and clearly the Pacers do too. Not only did the players talk like that, but you know that is something that Chad Buchanan said. He said, Buddy is a player that contributes to us valuably on the court in the locker room, but we're also in a situation where you've got to make some tough decisions. Building this team requires some tough decisions, and today was one of them, right? And he talked more about how you're always considering the next step as a front office, and trading Buddy Heald was a part of that. Now, he, he didn't say, we're thinking long-term, we're punting this season away. In fact, he said the opposite. And that's where Doug McDermott kind of fits into this puzzle of what the Pacers did on Thursday. It would have been one thing if they traded Buddy Heald to the Sixers for Marcus Morris on Korkmaz in three seconds, and then waved Korkmaz and, you know, it sounds like Marcus Morris is getting bought out, bought out Marcus Morris, and just walked away with three seconds. That just is punting, right? That is punting away Buddy Heald for future value. And again, they're thinking long-term, maybe that makes sense. But McDermott is is a shooter. He's definitely not as good. I watch too much of the Spurs because I love watching Lombardiama. He's not as good. Like, this is the first year that he feels way slower than he did in the past, but they stink and they're disorganized a lot of the time. The, the thing about him is, this is my own opinion now, this is not something that was said, the things that he was good at, if you remember his time with the Pacers, those little whippy, quick, two-man game moments he'd have with Sabonis where he'd like have two pounding dribbles to the basket or like they would just make a split decision and get an open shot or he'd like toss a nice overhead pass to Sabonis. The, with those Pacers teams, they weren't like slow-paced, but they were slower, kind of grinded out possessions with you know those Brogdon, Levert, Sabonis offenses. And so that two-man game, it was fast, it was quick, it was spicy, Right, like that just felt like positively arrhythmic for those teams. Well, now that fits their style perfectly, right? And so I don't know exactly what McDermott's going to be for the Pacers, but that addition, he's not as good as Buddy Hill. I don't, it's not really that close, but that does make up a lot of it and allows them to say, and I think this is correct, what they added to their talking about this being a long term thing for the Pacers, it's also a short-term thing at the same time, right? Chad Buchanan said, obviously we're trying to maximize this season. We don't want to diminish that. Then he said, the decision we made with Buddy was more thinking a little down the road, but we also didn't want to hurt our team too much. And that's why taking Doug back, we feel like replenishes a lot of things Buddy brought from a shooting standpoint, right? And so Doug McDermott, obviously, you know, even if I can talk about him being a little slower, maybe taking some steps back in other areas of the game, still a wonderful, wonderful three-point shooter this season, right? 43.9% on four attempts per game. The attempts is lower because he's playing less, and I don't think he'll play much more than the 15 minutes he's playing with the Spurs, with the Pacers, but he's chucking them, right? He's getting them up over 40% in uh, all but two, no, all but one of the last five NBA seasons, 41.2% for his career. That doesn't mean it's going to stay like that forever, but it's been like that for a long time. And this year, his three-point attempt rate is 80%. 80% of Doug McDermott's shots this season are threes. That is far and away the highest of his career. The last highest was 57, right? So he has settled into this, like, I'm a shooter role. Anyway, I, I'm opining too much. That, 
a, you know that reality of getting Doug McDermott, maybe he plays, maybe he doesn't, I would assume he's their 10th or 9th guy now, is what makes what they said make sense to me. That they are thinking long-term, but, but still want to win this season. And that was a key part of this, right? Chad Buchanan said, today was one of those decisions that it feels like it wasn't helping the team now. Already trading Buddy Hill. Then he said, but when you're looking at the long-term... And I can't emphasize that, but we're trying to look long-term and I can't emphasize that enough with this group. He likes what the draft capital can do for them, right? He talked about how last year they had that extra draft pick and then they ended up rolling that over and it became a key part of the Pascal Siakam trade, right? Draft capital is very important. I talk about picks a lot on the show, probably too much, right? And then he said, we never want to diminish the desire to win now. We're not out there. We're not out there trying to not be competitive, right? So all this together paints the picture. Yes, they recognize that trading Buddy Heald might give them a small step back, but it's in the name of thinking long-term. And also getting Buddy Heald at the same time makes it worth it to them. They you know, that they get the assets they need that can make them better in the future. That pick they got specifically in the 2024 draft could be extremely important, both from a long-term roster-building perspective, getting a, a, a young player in this draft because their pick stunk, and for the flexibility it could allow them to have in trades. I think that makes a lot of sense. But hearing them discuss the marriage of the long-term and the short-term did kind of bring it all together in a way that made sense, even if, as I've said, I think the Pacers are worse this year, which is fascinating given that they traded for Pascal Siakam three weeks ago, an absolute stud. So it'll be fascinating to see how they use that pick in the draft time, what McDermott can bring to them this year. I think those... And maybe beyond. We'll see. He's a free agent after this year. Those two things, I think, will be critical to truly assessing today's trade deadline for the Pacers and what Buddy Heald gets in free agency also. But to truly package together what the Pacers did, if they nail it or do something clever or awesome with pick whatever that ends up being from the Raptors, 36, 37, 38, if McDermott's a great fit, you know, that could make this look a lot better because they did take a small step back. They're admitting that. But they're also admitting they did it in the name of long-term success, which I think makes a lot of sense with Halburn's contract situation. And that's a valuable and tough decision to make. Speaking of tough decisions, they traded Tyrese Halburton's one of his best friends, right? Buddy Heald. I asked Ty about that after the game. Miles Turner talked about their locker room, right? All sorts of changes coming that way. Uh, Chad Buchanan talked about Doug McDermott. So did TJ McConnell. Still a lot to talk about from the reaction from the team and what that means for the Pacers going forward. We'll get to that in just a moment. But before we do so, we've got to talk about the lovely folks over at eBay Motors. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Lockdown Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. Whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouring the waiver wire every week, we here are going to provide you players that are guaranteed to fit on your fantasy roster. So let's see who Joshua picked out this week on eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. How about a pacer? Ben Matherin with Buddy Heald now in Philly. More maybe minutes coming for Matherin. I would argue maybe a few more minutes, but a lot more opportunity with that second unit coming. Benedict Matherin's way. Taylor Hendricks is going to have a role now with the Jazz since they traded some forwards. Osar Thompson's going to start for the Pistons. Marvin Bagley might be starting at center for the Wizards now. And Cody Martin could have a big role in Charlotte. Some guys to look at after the trade deadline for your fantasy team. Josh White from Lockdown Fantasy Basketball will help you win your fantasy championships while eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. And that applies perfectly to your vehicle. Do you remember your first car or your dream car? You've got to keep it running 
at the best possible level. And with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay's guaranteed fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or you'll get your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions apply. And we are back here on Locked On Pacers. Thanks for making us your first listen today and every single day. For your second listen, check out any of the teams the Pacers traded with. Locked On Warriors, the Corey Joseph salary dump. Locked On Spurs, Doug McDermott to the Pacers. Marcus Morris, a good pick. Maybe a maybe good pick to the Spurs. Locked On Sixers, obviously. Buddy Heald is on that team now. Furkan Korkmaz, Marcus Morris are not. They also traded picks. They also traded Patrick Beverly and did some other stuff. So any of those would be good second lessons for you today. Or Locked On NBA, because I was on it, talking about the Suns game, the Bucks game, and some other trades, and the buyout market, which is a topic, by the way, that we need to cover for the Pacers pretty soon. But today, we have more to talk about from the trade deadline that just happened yesterday for the Indiana Pacers. I did allude to some of the stuff else that happened. Furkan Korkmaz, Corey Joseph will be waived. Uh, Corey Joseph already has been. Korkmaz, that is... What is going to happen? Uh, that was per Chad Buchanan trying to keep flexibility with our roster. After waving Corey Joseph, they signed James Johnson. He's back on the team for the rest of the season now. They love James Johnson. His sixth contract with the Pacers in the last eighteen months. <laughs> that is the perhaps the best display of how much they love James Johnson. We'll see what they do with that last roster spot. So plenty more to talk about here. Buddy Hield has been traded. The team is now different, possibly worse. Um, uh, Doug McDermott's on the team now. So we'll start with him. Something Chad Buchanan mentioned when I asked about Doug McDermott, I, I wanted to know, was McDermott someone they were already targeting entering Thursday? Or was it more of they traded away Buddy Heald and now they have an opportunity with Morris and the new pick that they just got to go get him? And he said, I think we knew when there was a possibility we might be losing the caliber of shooter we were losing in Buddy. Your first instinct is can you replace it? Right. So, I mean, perhaps they had a good idea about trading Buddy, and certainly none of this stuff happens like in a snap. But, you know, to, to pivot that quickly, I think, is good work. And Doug McDermott has been told by, as told by Chad Buchanan and Miles Turner, is excited about joining the Pacers. Again, I think he could be a good fit in their little snappy style. I asked TJ McConnell about it before the game. TJ McConnell on Doug McDermott said he's just an elite shooter and scorer, something that we obviously need needed once Buddy was gone. Obviously, great locker room. Moves the ball. If he's open, it's cash. He's going to be good for our group. So, Doug McDermott is now an Indiana Pacer. We'll talk more about him. Uh, probably with a Spurs person pretty soon. Uh, lots to cover from this trade deadline still. More stuff that matters here. Uh, Buddy Heald not with the Pacers. Buddy Heald, Tyrese Halliburton, very close, right? That is significant uh, to the Pacers. A lot of people had questions about that. So, I asked Chad Buchanan, hey, did you guys chat with Tyrese Halliburton about that, right? Because that's a big deal, you know? Uh, and, and of course, Ty has been, as said by Kevin Pritchard, a guy that they would like to have involved in their decision making. He said, Chad Buchanan said, not blind to their relationship. Very close guys, close friends, play well together. We know that Ty was aware of what we were planning to do. Ty wants to win. He's thinking long-term just like we are. He realizes there's some tough decisions along the way. Of course, if they looped him in and he knew, that makes it more tenable uh, and not something to you know, freak out about as a fan. But uh, you know, losing a like 
I'm, I'm around Buddy Hield a lot, right? Like he has he has energy, and it's fun, and it's it makes you laugh. And if you're a teammate of his, it's the same way. I've seen him interact with people, right? Like it's not fun to not be around that anymore. But it's you know if you if you understand it, and it's still like I don't think it's going to destroy the locker room or anything. I think that's been a very overblown point. The the Danny Granger Evan Turner comparisons are. Uh, inaccurate to me, even if losing Buddy Heald is a morale blow to some extent, right? So that was fascinating to hear. And of course, I asked, you know, Tyrese was asked about it after the game. And I went, I went to a very specific angle with this. You can watch Tyrese's presser uh, on YouTube. But the last question I had, this game that happened, uh, the Pacers just played the Warriors. It was a disaster. They got smoked. I asked Tyrese Halliburton, was it weird to you to play in a game without Buddy Heald? For those who don't know, I mean, look, I think everybody knows that they've been teammates for a long time, right? In fact, Tyrese Halbert got drafted onto Buddy Heald's team. They got traded together. Tyrese Halbert's whole career, they've been teammates. But that doesn't mean you play in every game together, right? Like, guys are injured, guys are now, guys are sick, whatever. Tyrese Hal- Because Buddy Heald is such an Iron Man, Tyrese Halbert, entering this day, had played one NBA game ever that Buddy Heald did not play in. And he didn't even know that. Right? And part of his quote, he thought that they had played every game. April 12, 2021, Kings at Pelicans was the only time in Tyrese Halburn's whole career, nearly three years ago, that he played in a game that Buddy Hill did not play in. Right? So I asked him about that. How did that feel? Right? What, what did, was it strange at all? Tyrese Halburn said, it's just weird. I don't think I've ever suited up for an NBA game without Buddy. Real talk. I don't think I've ever played one without him. He has, but whatever. And he said, it was definitely weird. It's going to be weird moving forward a little bit, but that's part of the ebbs and flows of the NBA. Excited for him to have the opportunity. Yeah, I'm going to miss him, but I'm sure we'll go to the Bahamas together after the season. We'll still talk every day. Of course, they're great friends. That is, of course, noteworthy that he said it like that. At the end, look, a lot of people have been like, what were they thinking? This destroys the locker room, blah, blah, blah. I understand why that's a reaction, especially from the Pacers after the Granger Evan Turner trade, which was, by the way, like usually after midseason trades, a team like Stinkson is in a lull for a game or two. They like were awesome after that trade, but obviously it was a, a big negative in the in the long run. Like, you don't think that if Tyrese Halburn said, "Don't trade Buddy Heald," the Pacers would not have traded. Like, it, it's not you know what I mean. Like, it's not like they went against strongly his wishes. At least I would imagine so. I think that would be kind of silly to do. You know, even. Uh, he, he has to know or understand the situation, right? Like, no one is dumb. I, th- I think people really uh, overthink stuff like that. Like, I, uh, this isn't going to happen to the Pacers because they were pretty active. All these teams that did nothing, you can expect to hear their fan bases or even some commentators say something like, you're trying to tell me they couldn't have traded XYZ player for a first-round pick? If they could have, they would have done it. <laughs> That's not related to the Pacers today. Um, but either way... I think that that is noteworthy that Halliburton said it was weird, right? That will be an adjustment for him, at least emotionally, going forward, even if the Pacers have talent coming in McDermott and are a different-looking team. Miles Turner uh, was asked just after by Dustin Dopierak uh, about just straight-up not having Buddy Hield around. And part of Miles Turner's answer was, people just think about on the court. People don't think about the chemistry and energy and what he brings to our locker room, to the team. You guys are around him, referring to us. Uh, we're around him all the time. His energy is infectious. It's something that will definitely be missing. We'll have to find a way to make it up somehow, some way. It doesn't start with just one person. It's a group effort. He'll definitely be missed. He's probably going to go down as one of the best shooters in history. All the best in Philly, right? So yes, this is 
as as admitted by the front office, as admitted by players, like a a loss. He's a good player. He was valuable to them, even if it made a lot of sense for many reasons. I again said he was the most likely pitcher to be traded two days ago on this very podcast. Right? It made a lot of sense to trade him. Right? It's just that this is now something they have to work through. Is their talent level is a little different, a little worse. I think we'll see what that bears out to be. They have a different locker room void to fill, but they would not have done this without the proper signoffs. I think people need to understand that part of this as well. And we'll see what they can do with that good second rounder. We'll see what Doug McDermott can bring. There's still a lot to break down. There's still plenty to talk about with their trade deadline. But as Doug McDermott plays, we'll know more. Maybe we'll hear more in the future about stuff they didn't do. And I still have to do the annual What Can the Pacers Still Do Transaction-Wise the rest of the season podcast, which people really seem to like because there's always stuff to do. They have an open roster spot, which makes it even more clever and interesting. So plenty still to discuss with the Pacers in transaction. What wasn't a transaction was the game, the basketball game, the reason teams make trades, to play those games and play them well. Uh, that happened on Thursday night. Whew, it stunk. The Pacers were terrible as they got smoked by Steph Curry and the Warriors in Indy. We have a lot to talk about from that game to close out today's show. Before we get to any of that, though, we have got to talk about Nissan. Are you the kind of driver that likes to push things a little further? Ever wonder what adventure could be like around the next corner? Well, your friends and our friends at Nissan have a lineup of SUVs with the capabilities to take your adventure to the next level, including the 2024 Nissan Rogue. It's perfect for city drives and great escapes. It's class-exclusive Google built-in. is always updating your assistant to call on for almost anything. Gone are the days of connecting your phone. Google Assistant, Google Maps, and Google Play Store are all built right in to the 12.3-inch HD touchscreen information system in the Rogue. And the 2024 Rogue is perfect, the perfect midsize crossover for your next adventure. There's also the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder, which has room for eight people while still having expansive cargo capacity and advanced available 4x4 capacity with 284, whew, that's a lot of horsepower, and up to 6,000 pounds of towing when an adventure calls the Pathfinder is there to answer. Take the Nissan Rogue, the Nissan Pathfinder, or the Nissan Armada and go find your next big adventure. Check it out at shopnissanusa.com. Back here on Lockdown Pacers, thanks for making us your first listen today and every single day. As suggested in the first segment, go check out Lockdown Warriors. But this time I'm saying it because the Pacers played the Warriors, who did not have Corey Joseph, uh, but did have Steph Curry in a monster win in Indy. I was hoping to just like see Corey Joseph at the game, even though there's no way he would have been available to do interviews. He was on the Warriors Thursday morning, and then he was on the Pacers Thursday afternoon, and then he got waved and was on neither team at night. But I would presume he was in Indianapolis, <laughs> and yet he was not on either team or visible in the arena. I found that to be very funny. What a strange day it had to be for Corey Joseph. And I found that to be quite funny that Derek Kramer and I talked about that on yesterday's podcast about, oh, do you think there's any going to be any walk down the hallway Pacers-Warriors trades? Neither of us predicted Corey Joseph, although Pacers got a ton of cash in that trade. Obviously not a fun thing for fans, but... That's a lot of money to get for a crappy second rounder if you're willing to take on the cash. Okay, the game. Yuck. Ugh. Horrible. Awful game. Uh, the Pacers got <laughs> got their stuff rocked. I mean, it, it, it was funny because early the Pacers were pretty hot shooting themselves. The Warriors were much hotter. Like, I don't want to belittle what they were able to do. Like, in the first quarter, the Pacers were 5 for 9 from deep and only had two turnovers. In the first half... 
the Pacers were 7 for 17 from deep and only had 7 turnovers. They did okay on the offensive glass. They took more free throws than the Warriors. Like, a lot of stuff in the Pacers' first half was like, heck yeah, their offense is humming. The Warriors' defense isn't that great. This should be awesome, right? Some of the statistics only. Let me be clear. Stats only. I don't think the Pacers played well. I'm just naming some numbers. What that doesn't account for is that, oh my lord, was Steph Curry amazing, especially early in this game. First quarter, Curry... Six for six from the field, 18 points. All six of his shots were threes and one assist, right? He was unbelievable, unguardable. 18 of the Warriors' first 35 points. They had 45 in the first quarter. Insane. And so in the second quarter, he comes in. After that, they have to trap him, right? They did. They did trap him. First possession, they trap him. Boop, he throws it into the post. Draymond Green throws it to the corner. Dario starts. Drills a three, right? Like, if all the rest of the guys are hitting threes, too, and the Warriors in the quarter that the Pacers started trapping were three for five from deep, you just can't stop the Warriors. <laughs> you can't, right? So, Steph being insane, absolutely ridiculous in the first half, was a big part of this. The quarter the Pacers trapped Steph Curry, he was four for five from the floor, two for three from deep. So, this all sounds like I'm describing a game where the Dynasty Warriors came in and their stud point guard ripped apart the Pacers and... Despite the spunky Pacers playing a nice offensive game, there was nothing they could do. That is not what happened in this game. That is just the story of what started a miserable night for the Pacers. They got out-hustled at every turn, at absolutely every single turn of this game. The Warriors just wanted something more. Rebounds. Warriors are not a good rebounding team. Come on, Looney. They didn't even play. Or he barely played five minutes. I didn't even realize he played five minutes for Kevon Looney. He had one rebound, right? The Warriors had 49 rebounds. The Pacers had 30. And some of that is the team shooting percentages, but they weren't like that insane. It shouldn't have been that much of a difference. Pacers got their butt kicked on the glass. Loose balls. Rick Carlisle, they, they, most teams track loose balls and who gets them. Rick Carlisle, unhappy. Warriors dominate, dominate the loose ball performance. They're hustling for it. Pacers are not. Warriors obviously shot 53% from deep, but they created those open shots with effort, with good screens. Pacers defense, not interested. Not interested in really going for it and getting the stops. They If, if you can't stop Steph, you can't stop Steph. Whatever. He had 42. He was unbelievable. If you can't stop anybody, that's an indictment of your whole team, even though the star got it going. Andrew Wiggins shot 50%. Jonathan Kuminga, I think all of his makes were dunks. Maybe that's not accurate, but it felt like it. Draymond Green shot 50%. Dario Starage was drilling shots. Guy Santos was unreal. Like, they they were just... Santos had 13 points and eight boards. He was fantastic. Anyway, everybody was fantastic for the Warriors and looked really good because it was easy to. The Pacers were so lethargic and, and just gross in this game. Uh, their effort was blasted post-game as it should have been, and that's the story of the game, right? A lot of numbers, not good for the Pacers, to be clear, but, like, they shot 40% from... 38.7% from deep, sorry. They shot 48.1% from the field. 14 turnovers is like probably too many, but not crazy. 31 assists is awesome. 17 fouls is eh, but the Warriors had more, right? A lot of numbers that say, hey, Pacers should have been maybe in this game or like had a chance to keep up. And they got smoked. They never had a chance. They caught it close in the middle of the second quarter. And then Steph came back in and it was never close again. It was never even kind of close or interesting for the rest of the game. Look, I get the emotional drain of trades. I don't think that has anything to do with it. Uh, their rotation was different without healed. I barely think that has anything to do with it. I just think the Pacers weren't ready to play. They had no energy. 
I mean, they had little effort, and, and everything went wrong as soon as Steph started going nuclear early in the game. A couple other things that really changed the complexion of this game. Miles Turner got in foul trouble early. He only finished with three fouls, but he had two very quickly in the game. So he had to come out. And then because he was dealing with the fouls, and to think about it, he wasn't playing, you know, not, not enough physicality, not enough force. You know, he had some soft moments in the post. Uh, he had 15 and 7. Like, he played an all right statistical game, but you didn't feel him in the way you needed to, and I think the fouls are a big part of that. So Jalen Smith had to come in early, and Jalen Smith was amazing. Jalen Smith, 14 points and 5 rebounds in one half, 6 for 6 in the field, hit all his threes. He's the reason the Pacers cut the lead down so much in the second quarter. He was unbelievable. And then his, his lower back spasms were bugging him too much. He couldn't play in the second half. Had he been able to play, maybe they could have kept it close again. But there you go. You're, you know, Miles was fine, but needed to be better. But their center rotation between the fouls and Smith's injury, that just hurt them so much there. Isaiah Jackson was fine. I mean, he, they got smoked in his minutes, but the Warriors were rolling. So that really hurt them. Obviously, Steph being awesome really hurt them. And then Halliburton, look, I don't want to speak for him. He said he was fine after the game, but it didn't feel like he had the same pop he did even in their last two games. And, like, this is just an observation, but, like, when he would go down and get hit in this game, it would take him just, like, a split longer than you'd expect for a guy who's so zippy and moving all the time to get up. I don't think he's hurt, but I don't. I think he, he was laboring a bit. Uh, and he also stunk shooting the ball. Two for seven from the field for five points. He had 11 assists. Like, he was getting the ball out when pressured, but... Uh, he needed to be better scoring. It never happened. Uh, one of the many frustrating things for the Pacers, their leading score was Siakam with 16, right? Like that says everything about the Pacers. Siakam and Neesmith were fine efficiency-wise and gave it an effort. Neesmith, five steals. Neesmith was great, but they did not have enough in this game. They lost. It's not like stunning to lose to the Warriors. They're still the Warriors at their best. But to lose like that where everybody's just upset and you get out hustled, it, it just it's just painful. It's just a, a, a sucky one, especially... When it's your last home game before the All-Star break. So the Pacers now embark on a mini three-game road trip before uh, Indy is the hub of the NBA for a few days. It's going to be very interesting to see how next week goes. Uh, Knicks Saturday, which they, they I mean, Brunson had an ankle thing. Now OG Ananobi's having surgery. Randall's hurt. Hartenstein just maybe got hurt. Like, they've got to beat the Knicks <laughs> uh, if they're banged up again. They can't have what happened last time in the Garden happen again, especially given the game they just lost. And then it's Toronto on their final game and Charlotte, who they just beat on the road in between. Two or three wins in those games would be huge for the Pacers, especially after a just blah game on this one. And you know we'll cover all of it here on the Locked On Pacers podcast. I did a lot today of stuff. Four podcasts, like eight articles. I don't know. Some of them were short. Uh, trade reporting details all that stuff on my twitter feed if you need it but anyway all that to say i doubt you'll get a show on saturday uh but you might get one saturday night or sunday morning with one segment on doug mcdermott from someone who covers the spurs just to get the perspective up close on his most recent ongoing season and then we'll talk about uh the knicks game or if he played what he looked like and how it shook things up for the pacers or any sorts of additional addendums if they fill their roster spot or anything like that and then back Monday, we'll do uh, the what the Pacers can still do this season thing with transactions. It's always an interesting show. And in many, in fact, basically all of the last three or four seasons, they've done one or all of those things. Not all. They've done one or a few of those things down the stretch of the season, sometimes out of necessity, sometimes out of um, what it can do for their team. So there's the trade headline's done. The big improvement part of the season's done, but that doesn't mean the Pacers transactionally are done. And of course, many games to cover ahead of All-Star. So tons coming here 
on the Lockdown Pacers podcast. As usual, hope you guys had a fun deadline day. If you are confused about a detail uh, or you think that the Pacers did something stupid or you think I said something stupid, Twitter is the best way to reach me at Tony R. East. Uh, the show is at Lockdown Pacers. Also, if you're still listening, you're the best for listening to the game recap and the trade thing. And that means you likely enjoy what you're hearing. I will be doing a live stream with Bleach Report again tomorrow at 12.30 p.m. Eastern. I'll tweet the link. I already did once, but it's probably buried under a million links. I will get that up in the morning as well. So 30 minutes of me chatting live there, and there's a chat. So if you want to interact with me, a great way to do it. Anyway, too many administrative things at the end of the show. Get you out of here. Thank you all so much for listening. This is great. Hope you have a wonderful weekend. We'll probably be a part of your weekend and then back Monday. Till then, everybody, stay safe. Have a good one. We'll see you soon.